0: So it's about this time of year where things might be getting a little stale in your choir rehearsals. It's the end of February, beginning of March, and everybody's just trying to make it to spring break, right? Well, on today's episode of the podcast, I have five quick tips to help you spice up your choir rehearsal to keep you and your singers more engaged. Let's get into it. Here we go. Mm -hmm and hello my friends and welcome to the choir director corner podcast my name is mount walker i am your host thanks so much for stopping by and joining me for today's episode Well, it is this time of year, I noticed the second half of February into March, where things start to maybe get a little stale in our choir rehearsals. It's a long time between January 1 and the end of the school year. Many of us going into May, some of us like me going into June. And we're just trying to get to spring break, right? Thankfully, we've got a week off here in the middle of March. Hopefully you do as well. But what can we do to sort of break up the monotony of our choir rehearsals, right? They might feel a little stale. Maybe we're getting a little bored with rehearsal. We just need a break. And our singers may be right there with us as well. So what are some strategies or some different things that we can do to spice up our choir rehearsal a little bit, right? So today I'm coming to you with five quick tips for doing just that, for spicing up your choir rehearsal. And these are all things that you can do relatively quickly, but will give your singers a different experience in rehearsal and make them use a little bit different part of their brain, maybe than what they would normally do. Or maybe it's just as simple as changing the environment, right? Sometimes it's the little things that can make a big difference difference so let's get into it five quick tips for you to spice up your next car rehearsal so number one sing in a different seating arrangement now this could be you know if you've got your sections in rows maybe sort of do uh, quadrants or clumps yeah going from left to right or right to left to the voicing you could even split those voicings up a little bit yeah if you for instance you have a four-part treble arrangement maybe put the alto ones and the alto twos together in the middle and then off to one side having the soprano ones and the soprano twos on the other side so splitting them up a little bit in a little bit different seating arrangement if that's how you normally do it try putting them in rows right and see what that experience is like. If you typically have them in their sections, what about trying a mixed arrangement? You know, I did this just the other day and it took all of 30 seconds, but we got done with a section of our repertoire and I said to my treble choir, I said, you have 30 seconds to find a place to stand in our current arrangement. You know, we're in three rows, like keep our three rows, but find a place to stand where you are not standing next to someone singing your part. And so in a four-part arrangement, you know, they've got some flexibility there as long as it's not someone singing their part on either side of them. And it took all of 30 seconds. And it was a really cool experience. Like, they loved doing it. Like, wow, can we do uh, more of our music this way? And I said, well, you've got to be more independent on your part if you're going to be standing in a mixed arrangement like this. And immediately that created some extra motivation. Like, they really liked it. So if you're typically having your choir standing, sitting in uh, in a section, try a mixed arrangement. Yeah, but just however you slice it, try a different seating arrangement. Now, I would caution against letting them sort of choose their own spot without any sort of parameters. You know, and I didn't have any classroom management issues when I said to the choir, OK, you got to stand next to two people not singing your part you know they were mixed up enough where it wasn't uh, a management issue however I have done it before where I've said okay you can pick wherever spot you want to sit today when you come into choir and inevitably there's been some issues as far as management and sort of people taking advantage of that yeah so I would caution against doing that but If you can come up with sort of a set uh, seating arrangement for them where you are assigning their spots or you're giving them some parameters as far as who they can be sitting or standing next to. I think it really works well. So that's number one. Sing in a different seating arrangement. Number two, try singing in what I would call listening squads. And so, for instance, if I take this four-part treble ensemble as my example, I would have each section stand in a circle facing inward. So soprano ones standing in a circle, soprano twos, alta ones, alta twos. So they're all standing facing inward. So, you can just sing in circles like that and just having them facing inward helps them to hear their own part a little bit uh, a little bit better if you're struggling with some part independence but at the same time they've got other circles right next to them yeah so they've still got some of that uh, some of the, those other parts coming into their periphery as far as when they're they're listening while they're singing but try listening squads And what I like to do is have each circle number off one to however many people are in that section. And then singing an excerpt of your repertoire and say, okay, if you're number two in your circle this time, you are going to, instead of singing, you are just going to stand and listen. And then when we are done with that excerpt, you, the person that's listening, are going to give your section feedback and tell them what did they do really well, what do we need to continue to work on, are there any trouble spots that you're still hearing yeah or things that you think maybe we could tweak as a group and so they sing through that excerpt and then they can have this great discussion and it really sort of creates this wonderful collaboration within these sections yeah and so then once they're sort of going through done going through that collaboration then you change numbers like okay we're going to do this excerpt again but now instead of number two it's going to be number five so if you're number five in your circle you're going to listen this time and then you sing through it again yeah and so then once you've gone through one excerpt of the piece you can move on to uh, another excerpt of the piece or you can even move on to a totally new piece whatever that you happen to be rehearsing yeah so you can do this for just a few minutes or you could spend uh, an entire rehearsal standing in these listening squats and just going from section to section giving everyone uh, hopefully our close to everyone an opportunity to listen and to then give their sections feedback so again a great way to increase collaboration in your rehearsal so I like to call those listening squads or sometimes you'll hear them called listening circles yeah it's typically done with the singers standing in those circles facing in Strategy number three is simply singing vowels with N. So if you are singing on text with one of your pieces, and of course this sort of assumes that you've gotten to that point, yeah? We don't always start with singing uh, singing text at the beginning of a rehearsal period. So this assumes that you're a, a little ways in at least, into your rehearsal process and having the singers sing all of the vowels of the text that they are singing. But with every consonant, they're taking out that consonant and inserting an N. So, for instance, if I take my country tis of thee, my country tis of thee, if I do this process with this strategy, it would be na na nee, nee, nah, nee. And this does a couple of things. Number one, by using the same consonant, that N, and it's a, also a consonant that's produced at the front of the mouth you can start to make that forward placement and that resonance of those different sounds, those different pitches, different vowels, a little bit more uniform rather than having to go back and forth between all these different consonances and where those might be happening in our our mouth. Yeah. So taking the same consonant. I like to use N because, again, it's very easily produced right on the tip uh, of the tongue. And this is also another great strategy for working on the timing, right? We want to be arriving at the vowel right on the beat. So those consonants that happen before the vowel, they should be happening slightly before the beat. So this is great for checking. Are we all arriving to the vowel at the same time? And are those vowels right on the beat and making those ends right before the beat so this is a great strategy for that as well so working on uniform vowels working on the timing making sure everything is happening right when it should be and also working with resonance and the placement of that sound as well and so singing vowels within the first time you do it your singers are going to look like at you like what what do you want me to do Uh, and now my singers they like it's it's just old hat to them they know exactly what the objective is and they know exactly what the uh, they're supposed to be doing so that is strategy number 3 singing vowels with n. Strategy number 4 is taking an ex- excerpt of your repertoire and sing everything staccato. So even if it's a legato piece, sing everything staccato. And so this does a couple of things, yeah. Number 1, you're isolating those specific pitches. And so if you've got an excerpt where you're thinking, okay I'm not quite sure we're at 100% pitch accuracy with this section, boy singing it staccato really reveals all of those spots, right? So that's a that's a great thing about that. So you get to hear, but then the, the singers also really get to hear that as well. Again, isolating the vowel sounds. Are we all singing the same vowel, right? Uh, This is another great way uh, to do that, is singing everything staccato. This can also have a great effect on phrasing and also momentum, because if you're singing all that staccato, all of those have a very energetic pulse to it, right? My country of the So what you can do is you say, especially if it's a really legato piece, say, okay, we've sung this legato or a staccato. Now go back to singing legato. But what I want you to do is the energy that you had on each of those notes when singing staccato, take that energy and I want you to carry it into the next note. My country, is of thee. And immediately you're going to start to create this sense of forward momentum. And finally, the last thing I'll say about this strategy, it is is super fun. Especially if you have a piece where it's not everyone singing the exact same thing at the exact same time. And what you do is you kind of get this hopping effect in the choir. Yeah, with all of these staggered notes and entrances and going back and forth. And it's super fun because inevitably, you know, someone messes up and then we have a good laugh and we try it again. But that also gives the choir a sense of how the parts sort of intertwine right? So if you've got a piece like something from the Renaissance that's very polyphonic and the singers start to hear the sounds coming from the different areas of the choir they get a better understanding of how all of those things are typically then weaving together. So super fun strategy that is singing everything staccato. The last strategy Strategy for today to uh, add some variety into your rehearsal is have singers show the musical phrase with their body. Now, this is something that you can do in place where, you know, if they're able to set their music down or if you've got stands, you know, maybe you're close to memorization or at least a section of your music memorized, right, where they can use their hands and their arms almost in sort of a, a quasi conducting style. You know, it doesn't have to be a strict conducting pattern, but showing that musical phrase with their body. So having some kinesthetic movement and so you can do it in place but one of my favorite things to do is if you've got room and you're know, stacking all the chairs and having your singers moving around the room in almost an interpretive dance and showing the musical phrase that way as they are singing boy you get some wonderful interpretations and then you can bring them back into their standard Choral arrangement, say, okay, I want you to sing and show me the wonderful phrasing that you just showed me physically with what you just did with the musical phrase. And you're going to see immediate dividends as far as the musicality and the phrasing in the ensemble, yeah? Just by adding some kinesthetic movement to what they are doing. And it really makes them think, yeah? Because you're, and again, it's giving them the opportunity to be creative but also to uh, have investment and take responsibility for their own learning as well yeah but they get to have that specific input there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer either which really sort of opens up the possibilities for them so that's strategy number five have singers show the musical phrase with their body another wonderful rehearsal strategy So speaking of rehearsal strategies, if that's something that you are interested in and getting more ideas for your choir rehearsals, that's one of the main topics in our Choir Director Corner community membership. There is a course inside that membership all about the rehearsal process and a lesson specifically all about rehearsal techniques. And when people join, they become a member of the Choir Director Corner community. One of the bonuses is that you get a free copy of my PDF, The Big Guide to Rehearsal Techniques, and that has 75 different rehearsal techniques that you can take and have this wonderful list. And then as you're planning your rehearsals, you can just pick and choose a different strategy each day. So each day, you could pick something to uh, increase that level of engagement and participation in your rehearsal. That's all part of the Choir Director Corner community membership. You can find more information about that over at ChoirDirectorCorner.com forward slash membership. Well, my friends, that is it for today's episode. I hope today's episode has provided some inspiration and some motivation to really start to spice up your choir rehearsals during a time when maybe they're getting a little monotonous and a little stale. Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you next week. Are you looking for resources that will save you time and frustration? Want to dive deeper into topics related to your teaching? Then check out the Choir Director Corner Community Membership over at choirdirectorcorner.com forward slash membership.